0: Alexander Hamilton was quoted as saying what I think is the best quote ever about government. He said, Give all the power to the many, they will oppress the few. Give all the power to the few, and they will oppress the many. And with that quote, you can see why the founders of the country came up with a federal system for the United States they were founding. More specifically, they built a federal system with built-in checks and balances. They thought through it all thoroughly. They deliberated and they debated every minute detail, and there were definitely no accidents or oversights. What was vague was meant to be vague. What was specific was meant to be specific. And when there was an area where the founders recognized should or would likely need to change or evolve over time, they left it open to change. And in the end, they put a process to allow their work, the Constitution, to be updated or amended as necessary. Dare I say that throughout the history of man and government, there is no more perfect rules to organize a government by. Well, we've hit that Hamiltonian point in today's America. Today we see an America where the corruption of humanity has begun to override the brilliance of the Constitution. Simultaneously, the many are oppressing the few, and the few are oppressing the many. Hamilton was right, yet again. If we look at it, socialism is the many oppressing the few, but the few oppressing the many, that's the deep state. Welcome to the upcoming American Revolution podcast. My name is Kali, and today I'll be answering a question asked of me at the podcast website TheUpcomingAmericanRevolution.com This was actually an interesting question because the question seems so simple. But despite being so easy a question, the answer is somewhat complex. And the question comes from Angel in New Mexico. It reads like this. You've brought up the deep state several times in past episodes. Can you actually define what the deep state is and then explain what possibly could be the deep state's purpose? All right, that is a great question. Angel, I'm gonna answer your question in two parts though. Part one is what is the deep state? And part two is what is the deep state's purpose? Okay, so part one, what is the deep state? What has been described as the deep state can best be described as a tool, simply a tool. To understand that concept, we have to understand what a tool is, right? A tool is simply any instrument that is used to help accomplish a task. A hammer is a tool, a gun's a tool, a jigsaw, a truck, special forces operators, building custodians. They can all be considered tools depending on what the task is, right? So one of the common usages for the word tool, when we're talking about humans anyway, is a person being used to perform or conduct a dishonest or unpleasant task. I'd say an example of this might include how Police forces are the first line of force between tyrannical governments and the American people. So a corrupted police department can be used as a tool of tyranny. Another example might be how James Earl Ray was used as a tool by the United States Federal Bureau of Investigation to kill Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah, I know that one's kind of touchy, but you get the point. But that's what the deep state is. It's the group of persons being used to accomplish a task. That's all. This group of persons, in this case, is actually the people who work for the federal government. They are in departments, offices, and federal agencies throughout the country. They can be in the Department of Treasury, the IRS, the Department of the Interior, Capitol Police, or even Congress. They are the instrument used by greater government to accomplish its task. And if you exclude the military, there are more than 2.7 million federal employees. There are millions upon millions of documents they process, there are millions upon millions of tasks they complete. They are paid what is generally beyond the standard of the average American doing the same tasks outside of government. They have debts, cars to pay, mortgages, families, and lifestyles that they must maintain. And they will do whatever they need to do to keep that money coming in, even if they must infringe on the rights of other Americans. Most will do it because they are enslaved to their debt. Others are just like people who work for dictators throughout time. They'll do it because they are followers. The vast majority don't know or understand the Constitution they have sworn an oath to, which, by the way, is required to work for the federal government. Even if most of them don't like what they are doing, they will still do it to keep the money coming in. These people are the instrument. They are the administrative state. They are the employees hired to work on behalf of the federal government as administrators of the government, of its policies, and of its leadership. Administrators are the people that ensure a business organization or government operate efficiently, and these administrators merely follow orders. If most of them were directed to walk a group of humans into train boxcars, even recognizing the bad that might happen next and knowing the historical context of doing so, they'll do it. They are inherently not the strong. They are the weak, and government uses them as such. They are tools. That is what the deep state is. So part two of Angel's question, what is the deep state's purpose? The deep state's purpose is simple. It's to turn the U.S. government from a federal government into a national government. Those who work for the federal government want more power. It's natural for any government to grow in size and grow in scope. Every government of every country that has ever existed desires to become more powerful. No government has ever desired to become smaller and less powerful. The main reason is because to governments, any issue or problem can be solved with more control, more power, and more government. If there's too much crime, we need more government. There's starvation. We need more government. If there's homelessness, we need more government. If there's failing infrastructure, we need more government. If people can't afford health care, we need more government. If people don't like their government, we need more government. Now, obviously, dictatorships are the ultimate power of the few over the many. One guy sits atop at and does what he wants. He makes the rules at his whim, he adjudicates his rules. Anyone disagrees with his dictates and they die. All of the power is centrally located into himself. Monarchies can be as harsh as dictatorships, but the power is generally passed down through a family with less force. Good monarchies? I guess they're possible, I suppose, but only if you have a good monarch. Biblical King Ahab? Not so good, but Queen Elizabeth II? Pretty good for a monarch. Queen Elizabeth? She was not evil, She didn't marry Jezebel, she didn't worship Baal, she didn't murder people to assert her power, as far as we know. Although monarchs do not necessarily lead with the consent of the people, most are not generally leading through raw, violent force either. Ultimate power of a monarchy is centrally located. Most do make the rules, most of them do execute the rules, and generally they adjudicate themselves. But again, it's all dependent on the monarch in charge. Some were decent to their people, some were not so decent. A national government is what the U.S. government wants to be when it grows up. Now, a national government, it's a government where power is still centrally located. However, it's not through one dictator or not through one family, but through the central government. There may be an appearance of democracy, there may be referendums, but generally, it is political parties that vote for their leadership of their party, And when their party wins, their leadership becomes the leader of the government. All the decisions of consequence are made centrally, at the whim of the national government. They may let lower governments make decisions, however, the central government will always have the power to overrule them. If fuel prices are too high, the national government has the power to dictate pricing. If criminal laws in an area are too harsh, the national government can lower punishments. If elementary school standards are too hard for a specific culture or race, the national government can lower the standards. National governments lack limits to their authority and jurisdiction. They are the ultimate power and therefore they can ignore any limits to their power because they place the limits onto themselves. So check this out. For the past couple decades, the Environmental Protection Agency, or the EPA, has been trying to make up rules giving itself more power. Even though the EPA can't give itself more power, Congress must do that. Congress makes the laws. But the EPA literally tried to make the argument that rainwater that lands on private property and puddles up becomes the jurisdiction of the federal government. They want to control rain and tax the property owner. The more it rains, the more you get taxed. That's crazy. Or even let's take it to modern day. Look at the current conflict with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, the ATF. This year, they decided to change the definition of what a short-barreled rifle is. They made a rule banning pistol braces, potentially making 10 to 20 million people felons. They completely forgot that Congress makes the laws that they follow and that they enforce. They merely made a rule and expect everybody to follow even though it's not the law. But think about this for crazy. By this standard, the ATF believes that it could literally make a rule that says handguns are illegal or any guns are illegal. It's the same logic. They're not in charge. They don't get to make the rules, yet they think that they can make a rule that everybody must follow or be punished for. The ATF is crazy. But these kind of proclamations are what dictators, monarchs, and national governments may do, but the US is none of those. Now think of every agency of the government, every department, making these same kind of rules that have no binding law behind them. That's what the deep state is. That's what the deep state does. It slowly squeezes power from everyone and gives that power and authority to the government. Not by laws. Not through elected officials, but through their own rulemaking processes. These kind of proclamations are what dictators, monarchs, and national governments may do, but the U.S. is none of those. But just why isn't the United States a national government now? Well, the Constitution. Even though many people simply call the U.S. government a democracy, it is actually not. The United States is a democratic federal constitutional republic. Big words, but what they mean is that the U.S. is a federation of multiple governments. It's constitutional, meaning it has a constitution. And it is a democratic republic, meaning that the people vote for representatives and the people hold the supreme power. Democratic, federal, constitutional republic. And unfortunately for the U.S. government, the constitution was written to ensure that the United States federal government would have to lie, cheat, steal and probably fight to become a national government. The power of the United States governance is dispersed among the federal government, the individual state governments, county and local governments, and then it is further dispersed between legislative branches at each level who write the laws, executive branches who follow and execute the laws created by the legislatures at each level, And finally, power is also dispersed through the judicial branches of all levels that interpret laws when there is a confusion or conflict. No branch of government can write the laws, enforce those laws themselves, and then take the complaints and determine if the complaints have any merit. And if any part of the government could write, enforce, and interpret the laws they created, this would mean that you don't have a democratic federal constitutional republic. This would mean that you don't have checks and balances. This would mean that government has the same power as a dictator or monarch. Initially, in our case anyway, this would mean that the United States would have a national government. We would have something we are not, and the tyrants would be in charge. But in the end, the deep state is a way of bypassing the Constitution and ignoring the Bill of Rights. Imagine a United States where the national government could ignore the parts of the Constitution that it does not like or are inconvenient. Why vote on a president or for representatives if the U.S. government can rig elections to get the people they want in power elected despite the vote? (coughs) (coughs) Imagine a United States where there was no freedom of speech and the government could punish anyone for the speech or words they make. (coughs) (coughs) Excuse me where government could coordinate with private companies to censor the opinions of individual Americans. <coughs> Just imagine living in a country where government can pick up citizens, hold them in jail without charging them for any crimes or without any evidence they actually committed any crimes. <coughs> <coughs> now, none of that would ever happen in the United States, right, especially when checks and balances are in play. Well, this is what the U.S. government wants. It wants the ability to do whatever it wants to do at its own whim and when it sees fit. Just like a dictator. Just like a monarch. That's it. The U.S. government wants to change the form of government. The tool it's using is the deep state. One of our founding fathers, Benjamin Franklin, was walking down the street when a colonial American asked him, What kind of government are you going to give us? Benjamin Franklin looked at the guy, and he was quoted as saying, A republic, if you can keep it. Unfortunately, the founders of the United States knew that this day would come. They had lived through the tyranny of government, and they recognized how it became the norm. The founders of the United States knew that the people of the United States would one day have to fight the very government that they were creating. They knew it. Remember what I said about there being no accidents within the Constitution or the Bill of Rights. No oversights. Well, the Founders wrote in the Second Amendment, and that was not an accident or an oversight. That is it for this episode. Thank you, Angel, for your question. I hope I explained my thinking okay. Thank you all for stopping by the upcoming American Revolution podcast, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.